Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Candace Parker is along with us tonight. And moments ago, Kristen Ledlow. Parker, what a look inside. Kristen Ledlow is on our sideline with the terrific Candace Parker. I'm Kristen Ledlow. I'm Candace Parker. And this is Ledlow and Parker. I know I start every show with telling you I've missed you, but I think because the days are longer, I really do miss you from week I to know, week. I miss you too, but it's been cool <laughs> to, to have this to look forward to for sure. That's the way that I feel also. Like, I know we came into this somewhat hesitantly when we decided to continue creating content in these days. Like, well, what are these days even going to look like? And, you know, to have it to look forward to week after week, well, it at least keeps something on my calendar. <laughs> well, I know at least I have to put on makeup once a week. So it's something right. to like continue to not be scared when I look in the mirror. So it's good to schedule showers and, you know, it's simple things like that. it's the simple things now. I mean, at some point soon, the woman who does my eyebrows will no longer be considered a non-essential employee. Because it's like it has to happen sometime soon, right? I mean, it's like hair, eyebrows, I mean, everything. It's Nails, kind of we're all natural it. now. Yeah. All yep. natural hair color, the way that our eyebrows were meant to grow. <laughs> Just, we're all natural. Love us for who we are. That's so true. Our inner beauty really getting a chance to shine in these days. What though have you been up to since the last time we talked? Not since the last time we talked to actually, you know, via text because that's nearly constant. But the last time we talked while the cameras were rolling. I really have been just continuing to to work out. I've done some new recipes in the kitchen. Yeah, Um, I see that all the time. You've maintained this like unbelievably healthy lifestyle when you have nothing in your hands. That takes a great deal of discipline. uh, It's not really a healthy lifestyle. Like I kind of work out and then I eat like key lime pie. So it kind of cancels out the, the workout, no, but doesn't cancel it out. That's what we call balance. Listen, uh, Layla's on spring break. So I'm happy. She doesn't have internet school oh, in the morning. So we're able to kind of right. sleep in and, you know, take the dogs for a walk. I mean, she's been doing ball handling, which I saw that I will say, Kristen, I kind of, I leave basketballs in every room just so that she can see it and maybe grab it (laughs) like no pressure but in case but in case you're feeling like dribbling like here you go so that's kind of what I've done what about you what you been up to a couple of days ago I said out loud and I've hesitated to say it publicly because you know people get irrationally angry over these kind of things but I have never seen Harry Potter Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones all like these huge cultural moments that happened that there's so much of it to consume so many of them that once you kind of miss it, you just missed it. And you think, okay, well, there's eight of these Harry Potter movies and seven books. But when do you think that you're going to have time for any of that? Same with the Lord of the Rings. Those books are huge and the movies are long and Game of Thrones, you know, again, of course, I would have loved to have been watching it when the whole world was talking about it, but I missed the moment. So because I said it out loud, 
immediately I was met with, you've never seen Harry Potter. You've never seen. So I started watching all of the Harry Potter movies. So like, would you, cause I'm in the same boat you are. I've never really? watched. I've never watched. Yeah. My sister-in-law is obsessed with Harry Potter. Like she was the one that was like standing in line when the books came, you know, right. and I remember everybody doing that and being so excited about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm anti, I feel like I'm anti, like everybody was watching game of Thrones and I was just kind of like, yeah, you're the rebel of the, the moment. I like to look at it that way. Like I'm anti, like if everybody goes left, I'm like, ah, right. It's not so bad, you know? And so that's kind of how I was with television. And I mean, I was that way with, you know, Tiger King until you were like, listen, (laughs) you need to watch it. What else are you actually doing right now? That's not Tiger King. It's true. But I'm a few movies into Harry Potter. I'm going to do Lord of the Rings. And then I think I'm going to do Game of Thrones, depending on how long these days actually last. All right. Well, maybe I'll just hit you up for like the summary of everything. You can kind of just give me like the, what, what is it? What was that we, we used in high the school? Synopsis? Oh, nope. the cliff notes. Cliff notes. When you like hadn't read the yes. book you were supposed to read. Don't tell my nephews, my nieces or my daughter that I said. I'm I get the idea. I thought I'd bring it up and you'd be like, what? You haven't seen these things. That's why I haven't said it publicly. That's why we're again, cool. People. No, but that's why we're yeah. cool. Because we both haven't seen Game of Thrones. Well, maybe I shouldn't then. You know what? Maybe I need to stay anti. <laughs> Telling you, it's nice on the dark side. There has been, though, a lot of content to consume in these days. I think after the first like week when everybody realized, oh, okay, so this is what it looks like for the foreseeable future, people started cranking out content. Ours included, so, you know, I'm not hating by any means, but Instagram Live has been popping in these days. Have you it watched has. any of the battles, any of the wine tastings? Carmelo and I went to a wine, like, dinner right when he actually got picked up by Portland. I remember you texting yes. me and telling me like, listen, this is about yes. to happen. And so I knew that he was really interested in wine and, you know, as I, as am I. And so just to be and see his IG live that he's done with D Wade, um, he's done a couple with, you know, the, the winemakers. And so just to kind of learn who in the NBA is into wine, how it happened, how it's starting to be that crossover where- A lot of before, them are. Yeah, like before now it's, you want to go to a nice dinner, you're asking for the wine list. And before it was like, you know, you wanted a mixed drink or you wanted some sort of, of right, liquor. Right, a cocktail. To, yes. Yeah, now it's turning into wine. So what cool do you thing. think started that? Part of me thinks that it was- LeBron during the stretch where he wasn't playing. I don't remember exactly what. Where he walked in with the wine. Yes, where he walked into the arena holding a stemless glass of red wine. I mean, what a moment. <laughs> yeah, you got to be LeBron James to do that because I think anybody else would have been talked about. But uh, we're arrested. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that. But yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. But <laughs> you're LeBron James. You can do it. What's your favorite? What's your favorite wine? Like, what are you what are you into? I've drank a lot of red wine during these days. In my mind, I think I've convinced myself that it's healthier, but I like a Merlot and I'm kind of into anything that anyone recommends as well. I'm not picky. Well, I saw this meme that it was like a coffee cup and it was like sprinting, holding a baton and it was like handing it off to the bottle of wine. And that literally is like my days. Like I wake (laughs) up in the morning my days, and I drink coffee and then I drink like 
tea and water until it's time to drink wine. And <laughs> right. Well, okay. So what time do you deem appropriate wine time then in these days? Well, actually, Kristen, it's good that you've asked. I've actually kind of tried to take a break with other parents. And so I'm, I do these IG lives on Fridays and Wednesdays at around 515 you I've know, seen West Coast time. Yeah. I've had some pretty cool guests and just kind of like unwind and talk about, you know, I'm probably in my closet hiding from my daughter and she interrupts. Unwind. Pun. Yeah. Par- yeah parental confidential. I get so, it. Yeah. I like the idea. No, but no, I, I'm not really picky when it comes to, you know, the actual wine. I actually remember it's funny that we bring LeBron up when talking about wine because it was probably during the 2016 or so Cleveland Cavaliers playoff run. And our TNT team was staying in the same hotel as the Cavaliers and LeBron and a couple of the other guys uh, were getting dinner downstairs in the hotel. And they asked me to join. And because I was the only girl sitting at the table, LeBron said, Hey, you know what? Why don't we let the lady decide? Why don't we let the lady choose the wine? And the waiter comes over to me and I'm like, listen, I drink wine out of a cardboard box because that's what's sold at Publix. I do not need to be the one that selects the wine for this very important group of people. You need to pass that responsibility onto somebody else. I love it. But listen, you admitted it. It honestly is a growth process because I will admit that I was the one, you know, early in my WNBA career, I was the one in Ralph's picking out you know, barefoot Moscato and drinking sugary. Wow. Yeah, okay. Sugary drinks. You know what? I have barefoot Moscato in my home as we that's speak. Listen, that's the way, <laughs> that's the way to do it. But Kristen, I was able to kind of catch up to uh, our own Ernie Johnson was able to kind of talk with Adam Silver about, you know, this is coming on the heels after everybody, all the commissioners got on the phone with uh, President Trump and discussed just the state of sports because we all understand how important sports are for America. And during this time, I know we like watching classics, but we'd prefer for it to be the real thing. Of course. I've liked that as well in that we've now figured out along with so many other sports organizations, how to continue creating content and to continue addressing sports fans during these days because you know we laugh and we joke about what our quarantine days are looking like but the reality is sports provide so much joy such an escape for so many that right now are facing some of the most dark and difficult days that they are ever going to face and so to be able to have some semblance of normalcy, which is what sports content, what we consume all day, all night, all day, every day. I think, again, we, we've said it so many times, but we don't have answers, but we do want at least to make you smile for a little while. So to be able to see both our leader at TNT and Ernie Johnson and the NBA's leader and the commissioner, Adam Silver, to be able to get together to have a conversation that was lighthearted at times, but also address the severity of the situation that we're in, I think it did my soul good. It gave me great confidence in those that were following. It was hard, though, to hear that we're no closer to any answers today than we were when the season was suspended. Watching that, it didn't provide any more information 
But I do think in a way it was a calming. I mean, you see EJ, you see Adam, you see Adam, you know, kind of reaffirm what we already knew that the NBA is always at the forefront of everything. I mean, we NBA was the first league to shut down officially. And that kind of set the stage for all the other sports leagues. But he also wants to be the one to kind of kickstart the economy. And I think that point that he made to Ernie about expressing that to the president, that the NBA was the first to shut down and the NBA wants to be a part of the movement to start the economy back up. I mean, that raises morales. That gives people something to look forward to. But the health and well-being of the athletes and the public are going to be first and foremost. And it gives you, it gives me, and I think it gives sports fans, NBA fans in particular, a great deal of confidence in the men that are leading the way. Listen, I, um, it's going to be nice to, to have something to look forward to, but I do think we have to put it all in perspective that all the sports leagues are going to do what's best for their players, for their employees, for everybody that represents them. Um, they're going to be ready when, when, when all this is over, but it's not going to be, you know, too soon. Well, let's get the perspective of one of our Hall of Fame teammates, shall we? One of, if not the greatest shooter of all time, Reggie Miller is on the line. And now the Hall of Famer, Reggie Miller. Reggie, we're a little disappointed it took you this long and that we got to talk to your sister first, but welcome to Ledlow and Parker. <laughs> well, first of all, that's how it should be, okay? Yeah, Cheryl has always been, Cheryl has always been uh, the alpha, okay? So she <laughs> should be on your show first, right? So um, look, it's, it's been long overdue. And I know I've seen the list of people that have been on the show, which has been spectacular, by the way. Um, so I just feel like I'm very honored to now be someone in the driver's seat talking to you two. <laughs> oh, typical Reggie. I, I, I love it. But uh, you know, <laughs> we've been keeping up with you. I myself have been keeping up with you on, on IG and just seeing you, you know, at home with your kids and, and, and riding bikes. So what, what have you been up to? Uh, during this quarantine? Probably a lot like what everyone's doing. Um, you mentioned I do have two kids, six and a half and a three and a half. And it's a fun age. Let me first start by saying this. I, and this is, and this really is predominantly for men that are out there. Appreciate your partner and appreciate your wife. Mama Bear is fantastic because you really don't understand the role that they take on when we're on the road. Now, I usually leave Wednesday, work our Thursday game, and come home Friday morning. And so then I'm home the rest of the week. But now with everything being, you know, locked down and quarantined and kids are out of school uh, for the rest of the year, it's 24-7, right? We're not going anywhere. The kids aren't going anywhere. So you see the appreciation that 
moms take on, uh, and single dads too. I'll give credit there too as well. Single dads too. Moms, standing ovation. I love it because we get a chance to be around our kids more, and this has been great family time. Um, but, you know, I'm, I love the homeschooling that we're doing, which is great. And it's all mama bear. I mean, she's very structured and these kids have not skipped a beat. Um, so we have our own little studio where the kids work and then we have recess and lunch. And it's been good. It's been good. These though would have been some of our busiest days, Reggie. It would have been the NCAA tournament. The NBA playoffs would have started and it all happened so fast from the last time that I saw you to thinking I'd see you what four, five days later, like we do every week. I believe week. our next game was, was supposed to be the Milwaukee Boston game. Yes. If memory right. serves me right. That was, that was going to be our, our next game on Thursday and then all hell broke loose. Well, um, so what was that 24-hour span like for you? Had you already gotten to Milwaukee? How did you find out what was taking place and what was happening next? Things started to trickle in and um, of obviously what was going on in the world. I mean, we had known what was coming. Um, and what was funny is I called Tara August, who we, we all know, who you know is our boss. And, you know, I was talking to her like, like, why am I going to Milwaukee? And, and the second game was the Laker game. I think it was Lakers Houston. And Chris was having back issues and back problems and didn't think he was going to be able to make the flight from Atlanta to LA. So they, which was great. So on Monday they had switched us. So I wasn't going to see you anyways, Miss Ledlow. Oh, okay. Boston game. So they were going to switch me to the Lakers-Houston game. So I'm like, fine. So uh, come Thursday, uh, I'm getting ready to head down, or come Wednesday night, I'm getting ready to head down to the hotel downtown the night before, and I get the call. And, you know, we all saw what happened on ESPN with Rudy, Rudy Gobert and the whole cancellation. And that's kind of the snowball effect of, when the, the lockdown and shutdowns, you know, happen for us, basically. Well, Reggie, we, you know, Ernie just sat down with Adam Silver and, you know, they talked about kind of the state of sports right now. Uh, you know, they, they spoke that three weeks ago, even today, they thought that they would know more, but really they almost know less about when the NBA will, or if it will return. But being an announcer and being in the gym, you understand that, you know, there are things that are being thrown out now where there's might be games with no fans or they might quarantine. I mean, everything is being thrown out as a way to get sports back. How would it look if there are no fans at an NBA playoff game and you are covering that game? Like, can, can we talk about how different of an NBA this will look for the fans. For the fans, it won't be a problem because they'll be normally sitting on their couches watching TV and watching the game. For the players, I don't think it'll be a big adjustment because as you know, uh, Candice, you know, you practice from you know 10 to 12 or 11 to 1 normally with no one in the building anyway, and you're scrimmaging and all that in empty arenas. I, I don't think it'd be a challenge for the players. I think for us as broadcasters, it's a little, it would be a little weird because we're used to talking over the crowd yeah. and no one can hear Kevin and <laughs> yeah. I. And Kevin has a huge voice, by the way. 
right? So it would be weird to be in our normal seat and actually call a game and not talk over anyone because even in a packed arena, the front row and the people behind you, some of them can kind of hear what you're saying, but it's so loud. Right. Imagine analyzing a game and they can actually yes. hear you. They can hear the things yes. you, Reggie, are saying right yes. there. <laughs> yes. Five Rather feet away. praise or being critical, <laughs> they would hear. That would be the challenge, I think, from our standpoint is, trying to conduct a game in a, in a quiet arena. But I kind of want to backtrack a little bit to the conversation EJ had with the commissioner. Look, I hope, I hope I am wrong in saying this because I want sports to be back on TV and I want things to go back to usual, to running, you know, operations running normal. I, I, I don't know if I see it this year. I, I really don't. There are so many X factors that are being thrown out. Originally, two weeks ago, they said we possibly could be playing mid-June to late June. But so many questions, what happens if someone tests positive the beginning of June or mid-June once everyone reconvenes and you start playing? You would have to start this process all over again. And even if you are playing in a fanless arena, is Kristen and I, are we being tested? Uh, is the cameraman going to be tested? Or There's so many X factors if you're trying to shield these players. I hope I'm wrong. I really, I, I don't know. What happens next year? If we play these games and we go till August, is the season beginning October 31st, like it normally does, or is it being pushed to December? What about free agency? Is that being pushed now? Because most free agents, Candace, as you know, they become a free agent July 1st. Well, are you going to risk being a free agent and getting hurt if you're still playing games past that July 1st date? I mean, these are all things you have to factor in. And these seem to be all questions that nobody has answers to. Like Adam Silver said that. Uh, there's a lot of things that we just don't have those answers and we're not going to have them. And on top of that, we, this virus, coronavirus, COVID-19, it's changing every day before it wasn't supposed to be airborne. Now it's airborne. It wasn't, now it's staying on surfaces up to three or four days, you know, before it was supposed to be the, the contagious part wasn't supposed to be that severe. Now we got all got to wear masks when we leave the house. It's the information, and this is another story that we're getting. You don't know what to believe coming from our administration, what you see on TV, what you're hearing. I mean, things keep evolving, and, and the commissioner's right. We do not know. Things change from day to day. And once, and I do believe they will have a vaccine for this. But as you know, in science, things evolve. So this virus will evolve. It will, it will be a different strain, you know, six months to eight months from now. Then what? Yeah. You know, the league, though, is exploring all options, whether it's to join together in one city and to try and play with less people there, less players involved. There are so many options on the table. And again, the uncertainty is what continues to 
dominate. We have heard planning a horse competition. Now, my question to you as one of the greatest, if not the greatest shooter of all time, who do you see winning this thing? And um, you know what? Actually, better question. Why don't you play? You could represent Turner. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, number one, I'm 54 years old. I'm going to leave it to the young guys, okay? 54 years young. Now. Because we've seen you on the bike. No, don't try to, don't try to do that, Reggie. Horse tournament between us and Espen, count me in. Because between Kitty, Steve <laughs> D, uh, Charles, Jack, we would dust all those ESPN dudes. Candace, come on now. Doris Burke is good, but she is no Candace Parker, okay? So we would dust them all. <laughs> See, we turned this into That's a Twitter, right. we turned this into well, a Twitter no, beef. Hey, well, I would, hey, look, I, I would look at. I would want to see a Jacks game right now. I would love to see a horse game. Two guys I would love to see play horse. I would love to see Damian Lillard versus Steph Curry. Oh yeah, two guys, right? Two guys that are used to making big shots. Two guys that have mastered the 35-plus foot shot, both with unbelievable handles, range. I'm all in for that, right? I, I would. That would be a nice pay-per-view horse game. Oh, yeah. Well, so if these games that were being played in separate locations – what are the parameters you see as being logical? Like, can I go up on my roof and shoot from there? You know, because if I'm Steph Curry, I'm thinking I'm home. There's nothing off limits. Well, here's the, here's the bigger question. It's going to be the trust factor, right? Because how many times are you going to take the shot to make it? Do I got to trust if I make my shot in the first try? Is, it, is this like a live feed? Is this like a FaceTime or a Zoom like, are we watching it in real time? Because say I shoot, and then it's Candace's turn to shoot. How many chances? Like, how do I know you really did it the in trust that trust factor. And we know all NBA players and That's WNBA players um, lie. So I don't know if I'm rolling like that. Well, and like, there's pride on the line. There's pride on the line. So... But Reggie, I, I want to enter one more player into that conversation. I want to put Kevin Durant. And, and you know, I, I know you're the best shooter of all time, so this probably does not apply to you. But I know when I've been injured, I shoot some of the best yeah. bat. Like, I've shot so well when I'm in the offseason. Like, that's, I mean, that's all you're doing. You know, you mastered in the offseason. There's no defense. It's perfect. I think Kevin Durant is one of the best shooters ever with defense. And so with this amount of time to put the mm -hmm. ball in the basket, I, I put him in that conversation as well. And Candace, let's not forget, we actually did a horse competition during all-star weekend. I want to say either Kevin's first or second year, and he smoked the competition. So we know, we know he's used to the bright lights, and you're absolutely right. You put Katie in there because he's had a lot of time sitting and watching games and working, being in the lab, working on different uh, array of shots. So uh, he would be one player to watch if there was a horse day. When we had Cheryl on the show earlier in the season, she talked a lot about her battles with you out in the backyard. 
what would had these days been those days quarantine days in the miller household what would you two be up to right now and we're talking about young cheryl and young reggie you're oh both still very young yeah but but yes well thank you thank you thank you uh well first we probably would have started off with a sunrise game of one-on-one see Cheryl and I we could not get off the court they had to drag us off our backyard car our backyard court <laughs> and it was more of a beat down from my end because Cheryl was she was on your show to promote the women of Troy and it, it kind of took me back watching that HBO documentary of just how great not only what she was, but that USC team was, but for those of you who, you know, and Candace, you're in this conversation as well, as in terms of being the greatest of anything to grow up in the household, to grow up in the household, across, she's across the hall from me to being the like Michael Jordan's brother. Right. I mean, brothers and sisters to be in the same household of someone who is considered the greatest person, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, scientists, whatever it may be, you know, Bill Gates, his brothers or sisters, being in the same household of someone who is a genius at what they do. Cheryl was a genius at what she did. And to be in the household and see how she prepared and went and formulated things, it was, I had a front row seat to that. Now, a lot of times on the beatdowns, but it was a growing process for me. Um, so, yeah, we would be playing a lot of one-on-one in horse games. But as you know, Miss Parker, you know, because I played against Anthony, we, not only did we play that, but we took it to board games. It would be risk, monopoly, boggle. Come on, bring it up. Connect four. Oh, risk, Quarantine yes. time, bring out all the board games. All right, sorry. Oh, no, not so sorry. Uno, you want to play some Uno? Here's a draw four for you. It's time, it's time to play. If we yes. could have been a fly on the wall in the Miller household, because I, I mean, you brought back <laughs> memories with those board games because literally it was like that in our childhood. Everything was a competition and everything is a competition. But it mean it means so much to hear the way that you speak of your sister and the amount of respect that you guys both have for each other. We played a clip for her from your Hall of, Hall of Fame speech. And just to hear you acknowledge that there were three other NBA players and, and one WNBA player that were inducted, um, that were announced that they were going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, Kobe, KG, Tim Duncan, Tamika Catchings. Tamika Catchings from Indiana, you know, played for the Fever mm-hmm. for a number of years. What can you say about that and, and your times playing against them? Um, and I have relationships with all three of them. Um, I'm probably closer to Tamika because I saw her on an everyday basis uh, in Indiana. And, um, you know, her number hangs with the rest of ours in, in Baker's Life Fieldhouse. And someone who prepares and works out, I mean, I thought I got to the gym early. Tamika Catchings, oh my goodness, she was there like an hour before I was there getting up shots. And, you know, before people used to talk about, you know, two-way players, 
Tamika is one of the, and you know, uh, Candace, how great she was at both ends of the floor. Um, not only could she give you buckets, but she could shut you down as well and never back down. And that's why I just loved her work ethic. Uh, you know, obviously Kobe and I, we played the same position. We had our battles, but the people who want, you know, to say, you know, when I went against Kobe, it was young Kobe, you know, it, we were trying to stop, you know, that beast in the middle in Shaq. But little did we know this, you know, 19-year-old, 20-year-old phenom was the real deal. So, you know, the, the battles that we had in the 2000 finals, um, KG, you know, having a chance to, you know, work with him at Turner and battling against him when he was in Minnesota, along with Tim, I mean – this has to be, I mean, other than probably Michael Jordan's class, which had David Robinson and John Stockton, in terms of fanfare and championships and just worldwide appeal, um, this is an unbelievable class. And I'm so happy for all of them that are, uh, you know, Kim Mulkey. Kim Mulkey, I hated Kim Mulkey. Why did I hate Kim Mulkey? Because her teams at Louisiana Tech, <laughs> Going against Cheryl's team at USC. I couldn't stand Kim Mulkey. I couldn't stand Kim Mulkey, but a great basketball player. It's amazing to to hear you talk about all of them. Obviously, we've seen them, you know, transition into different things. And, you know, uh, Kim Mulkey, now the, the head coach at Baylor and, you know, played at point guard. When, we saw her with the long ponytails going against right. Cheryl. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah, we saw it. We saw the long braids. It's definitely got to be an honor. Can you reflect on your time, you know, going into the Hall of Fame? What was that like? What were your feelings? I mean, that's definitely the 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 peak, the summit. That's what everybody aspires to be. It is. It's the summit. And number one, I'm. It, it's an honor to be nominated and to get into the Hall. But it's even more because Cheryl and I are the only brother sister to be in the Hall of Fame together. So, you know, it's a family affair and you start thinking about and because you're going to be in these shoes as well, Miss Parker, um, you, you go back really to peewee basketball. You're going to start thinking of your peewee basketball coaches who, you know, first put a ball in your hand and taught you fundamentals, the proper way to jump, stop and how to pivot to high school, you know, I brought, I was fortunate, you know, my high school coach was still alive. He just passed away about a week ago, Arlo Gard. Um, God bless him and his family. He was the, the one coach in high school at Riverside Poly High who instilled fundamentals. If you want to go far and play the game of basketball at the highest level, it starts with fundamentals. So we would do jump stops and pivots. I mean, almost a quarter to two thirds of our practices were all about fundamentals, the proper way to pass, uh, chest pass, overhead passing, uh, you know, the shooting technique and drills, 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 drills. So God bless Arlo guard. And then when I got to, so you start reminiscing about who helped you along the way. I had a lot of NBA coaches and played with a lot of great uh, players that, you know, it's a team game, you know, you not one person, even though you you may be going in, you know, I brought a lot of Indiana Pacers personnel and players with me into the hall 
because we play a team game, right? It's not an individual. It's not golf. It's not tennis. You know, I brought in a lot of people with me and to do it in a small market like Indiana, which is, you know, that's, you think of Indiana, you think of Hoosiers and basketball and to do it in that franchise and to play my whole career, 18 years with the Pacers, um, we all went in together. We all went in, we all celebrated together. And that's the beauty of it. When you, when you get that call that you're going into the, you know, it, it's hard. You know, people want to talk about, because I've never seen Michael Jordan cry. Everyone, everyone want to talk about the meme of him crying. I cried like a baby too. I cried. You cry. It's think about all the times, Candace and, and Miss Ledlow. You can appreciate this too, being a volleyball and basketball player. Think about all those times you had to get up at four or five o'clock. Do, do I got to go to the gym? Do I got how many balls do I got to hit? How many shots? Think about that. Oh, oh I got to stay late. Oh, I got to do. I got to study. I got to practice after school. You think about all that because once it's all done and you never, ever have to do it again, you start to miss it. You start to miss the grind. You have to enjoy the process. If you don't enjoy the process of sweating, of bleeding, of crying, of wanting it, if you, if you can't enjoy that, then you're never going to get that call. You're never going to get that call from the hall. That's what sweating is about. It's about sacrifice. Are you willing to get up at three or four? I was always thinking my best, the the players I was going against were getting up two hours before me. Well, that ain't going to happen. I'm going to get up at three or four. I'm going to run that extra suicide. That's what it's about. You know, that's why it's no huge surprise to me that you've transitioned so naturally into being this competitive cyclist as well. A lot of people ask me about you because you and I spend so much time on the road together. Like, what's Reggie Miller like? And it's no huge surprise to me that you've found a competitive outlet, you know, that you've found a way to continue competing at the highest level. You know, at first, when I got into... Uh, mountain biking. I did it just to kind of stay in shape and make sure I look good in my suits. It was a great way to you know, take the stress off, you know, from 18 years, really almost 30 years, you know, going back to high school and college of running, jumping, you know, barely getting in, into a defensive position. Um, so, I, you know, picked up, <laughs> <laughs> I figured you were going to laugh at that, Miss Parker. Um, That's fine. Yeah, but, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, cycling was a chance for me to kind of take the stress off, off the joints. And then when I got the call from a local, you know, pro rider out here and he's like, Hey, you know, we should tag up and, you know, do this race together. And I was like, well, I just kind of ride for fun. He's like, Oh, but you know, it, the course would be sort of kind of like the trails you do. And, you know, Candace, you know where we live and there's trails everywhere. I was like, all right. And once I got there and I saw everyone all lined up in helmets and the shades and everyone's in their Lycra suits and, you know, you're at the start line, the juice is starting to come back. I was like, oh my God, this is like a jump ball. This is like, it just started to flood back. And I was like, okay, I'm hooked. And then I got serious about it and it's a great way to stay in shape and, I just love being outdoors, you know, being in the middle and getting lost 
on these unbelievable, beautiful trails here in the Santa Monica Mountains. There's nothing like it. And uh, again, to be 54 and be competitive in a second sport, um, trying to move my way up to the ranks. I'll never be a pro mountain bike racer, but I can be a cat one, which is the right below a pro. That's my ultimate goal right now. I'm a cat two and wow. I'm working to get to a cat one status. Um, so it's, it's been fun <laughs> to enjoy the grind and the process. It takes me back to, Oh, I got to get up at three. Oh, Cheryl's blocking my shot again into my mom's rose garden. Up, oh, I got to work on this. Up, oh, I got to do that. So it, it brought back those those juices of what the grind used to be. And I'm starting. Hey, like Drake, I'm starting from the bottom. But now yeah, I'm but here. now you're here. But now yeah. I'm here. Letting all these fifty plus year old guys know in my category, I'm coming for you. Because when I first started racing, they were right by me and laughing. Oh, there goes. Reggie Miller, the Basilette, laughing. I was like, Ugh, trying to keep up with them. And they were like, I thought you were, you know, Hall of Fame and laughing at me. I was like, okay. I got me a coach. I put myself in the lab. And I've been, I've been eating. It's been like Pac-Man. I've been eating these dudes up now. I'll be to see you. I don't know anybody that would question that this wouldn't be the case, that you are going to reach your goals just because you're so competitive. <laughs> You'll get up early. You're competitive, not just in basketball, but in everything. So there's no doubt that you're going to reach Cat 1 and nominate Cat 1. So there, there's absolutely no doubt that Kristen and I have. Well, thank yeah, you. Reggie, it is so fun to hear you reflect on being a brother and being a teammate. I think I can speak for Candace as well and say, like, that's the way that we look at you. And so we're so thankful to have you as a brother, to have you as a teammate. And thank you so much for just taking the time to, to join us. Well, this is great. Uh, I'm sorry it took so long. Um, I miss all my TNT coworkers. It's you know so fun to laugh and share stories with you, uh, Miss Ledlow, on the road. I mean, you know, people keep saying, "What is Pickney? Why do you guys always put Pickup?" I'm like, "That's my partner in crime." I mean, we do all the things, all the get, all the get-togethers we do on Camelback Mountain, and we did one in New Orleans. It just it, the things that, you know, we get a chance to share with one another. And what was fun what, this year, I believe we were in New York together, uh, Candace, during a game. And was, I believe was it, was, it was Candace's first game, right. And uh, just to see, number one, it was in New York. So to see how the fans looked at Candace, because I, I look at Candace like I look at Cheryl you know, in terms of greatness yes. because Candace is in, to me in a different, she's in a different level than a lot of, you know, the female athletes that I've seen. So giving it, getting a chance to work with her and Kevin and because, um, you know, I worked at Turner when Cheryl was still there and all the greats looked at Cheryl, like she was one of us. She's one of us. That's how they look at Candace. She's like, she she's a dog. She's a she's true. She's been through it. She's been through the grind. So it was cool to work with you, Candace, and see how people reacted to you because you bring it, girl. So it's great. I love I love it. I miss all this. I miss all of you. And I, I I'm sorry, Kristen. I have to interrupt real quick. Reggie, I just and I tell Kristen this all the time. I grew up watching my teammates right now. Like I grew up watching 
Reggie Miller dominate, you know, I, I grew up with that. So to work with you all and to go to work and to call you guys, my teammates, I mean, walking into Madison square garden, doing my first game with you and Kristen and Kevin into Madison square garden with Reggie Miller. Can you paint this any better? <laughs> but they, they do hate him there, though. That's they what hate I'm him saying. <laughs> it was fantastic because he loved it. Reggie Miller considers me a friend, a partner in crime, a teammate. I, I feel the same way, Candace. And it's just great to see the legacy that everybody has left because you walk into these situations and you see that people are truly and have been affected by the work that we have done. Obviously Reggie has done on the court, but off the court as well. So it was amazing calling the first game with you all. And, um, can't wait to see you guys again. Yeah. Well, and Hey, he mentioned on that first game that he would come on Ledlow and Parker. And sure enough, he has fulfilled that promise. And guys, this is why we love and we miss sports. The memories that we're having, right? The getaway, the escapism, right? This is this is what is missing in today's. I mean, it's it's tragic the deaths that are mounting, you know, from this terrible, terrible coronavirus. You know, there's no outlet. We can't go to the movies, right? We can't go to a sporting event. There's nowhere to escape. And right now, we are reliving memories. Thank God we have social media. You know, we're you know, I love the guys posting, you know, memories and talking about their, you know, their famous games. That's what we're kind of hanging on to right now. But as I keep telling people, this too shall pass. It may be a while, but this too shall pass. And I hope we come out of this being more communicative with one another because we've been forced to talk to people now, right? Before you didn't have to. Before you got on an airplane and you didn't, you know, you rarely talk to people. We're being forced to look at people and talk to them now because we have no outlet. So I hope once this is all lifted and life gets back to normal, we get back to communicating with one another in a civil manner. And I'll leave it at that. We love you, Reggie. We thank you so much. We, Candace and I have said so many times, like, we know we don't have the answers, but we just want to make people smile for a little while. And you've done th that not only for us today, but for them as well. And we, we, we so thank you. I love you too. You guys be well and be safe and give your loved ones a hug from me. We will. Same to you. We'll do. You do the same. a three by Oladipo. Oh, he hit it! Victor Oladipo from three-point range! And the 2018 Kia NBA Most Improved Player is... Victor Oladipo! Now Oladipo has it. Touches it. Here's a long three by Oladipo! Here is back, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome in now Victor Oladipo, one of our favorite players, one of our favorite people. We just, though, spoke to our Hall of Fame teammate, Reggie Miller. I mean, the all-time Pacer great. Now you, as a Pacer, what is he known like around that organization? Um, I mean, he's the GOAT, man. I mean, um, when you mention Indiana Pacers, the first person you think about is Reggie Miller. I mean, he set the tone, um, and he left a legacy that um, – people in Indiana will always remember. So um, credit him for doing that, man. Um, he's definitely a role model, somebody I look up to as well. 
Well, these past three to four weeks have kind of been filled with a lot of uncertainty. Uh, how during this time are you keeping busy? Are you staying in shape? Are you spending time with family? I mean, maybe share with us what you've been doing over these past couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely an interesting time. Um, I, I chose to uh, come to my house in Orlando. I have a house here. I actually played here for three years, so I still have a house here. So I came here and kind of just stayed isolated by myself. Um, my personal trainer actually stays with me now and uh, we turn my weight room into a, uh, I mean, my garage into a weight room um, so I can still rehab for my, for my injury. Um, I'm just trying to take this time to just better myself mentally um, and just try to get to know myself again. I mean, it's so much time right in the day um, and you can teach yourself things, but at the end of the day, it's about getting to know yourself. Um, we we kind of go through life and it's just kind of second nature sometimes. And now I think it's it's a, it's a it's a time for the world to readjust um, and kind of heal ourselves as it heals itself. So that's what I'm trying to do. You and I spoke. It was just weeks ago, but it feels like years ago at this point in your first game back. You were so excited to be back. And we talked a lot about how you were feeling physically at that point to play so little and then for the season to be suspended and now for such uncertainties to surround these days, where are you mentally? How are you mentally coming off of a year of doing a lot of what I would imagine were similar days? Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. Um, I believe everything happens for a reason though, you know, and at the end of the day, this has been a uh, very different and rough year for me as far as like, um, you know, just not being able to play the game I love or play the ability I wanted to play it. Um, but being able to come back and play a few games and, you know, get better as the, the games and days go on. Um, and then for it to just completely stop, um, I could look at it two ways. Um, I could look at it as, man, I was just getting my groove going on, man. I could look at it as, man, I get a chance to rest. Um, I get a chance to rehab and, and just heal naturally and let the body do its natural healing and eventually come back stronger than I was. So, I'm just trying to make the most of every day, man. I can't control what's going on out there, but I can control my mentality and my approach to every day. And that's what I'm focused on doing. On March 11th, you did Instagram that you're getting that feeling back. And I think every athlete that knows that has been through, I mean, I've had seven knee surgeries, uh, came back from having, you know, my, my daughter. And you know that point in time where you start feeling a little bit like yourself, were you feeling a little bit more like yourself? Because from a fan's point of view, it looked like yeah, you looked like yourself. <laughs> you look yeah. like yourself. Well, yeah. <laughs> but from a player's point of view, you know when, you know, when you're finding your way and you know how far you kind of are from being, you know, the best you can be. Uh, yeah. Um, I felt like I was getting closer for sure. I felt like um, that last game when we played the Celtics, um, the game was kind of slowing down finally. Um, I felt like the first couple of games, I felt like everyone was just moving extremely fast or I was moving too fast. And it just felt like um, I didn't know what to do, honestly. <laughs> it's like I wanted to do it, but my body was telling me not to do it. And then sometimes my body wanted to do something, but my mind was like, whoa, are you sure you want to do that? I wasn't really in sync. Um, but that last, the last few games that I played, I felt like that I was kind of just playing and I had a flow um, in the game. And, um, my body and my mind were in sync. Um, still got a long way to go, though. 
you know, I felt like I was getting closer, but I still, I'm not where I want to be yet, but eventually I'll get there. You did say in sync and flow, which brings me to your singing career. Uh, Flawless transition here. <laughs> you recently hosted an Instagram live concert. What inspired this? Um, I mean, I just wanted to do something different. Obviously, you know, there's a lot going on in the world today. Uh, I could have came on and talked about sports, but I mean, everyone, everybody already knows I played a game of basketball. Uh, a lot of people don't know I can sing, so you know, I just try to share something different. Something. No, okay. I disagree. I think a lot of people know now. <laughs> More people know now, for sure, yeah. They Definitely. know that you can sing. And you know what's funny? I was sitting and watching The Masked Singer, and on your very first episode, I kid you not, before I saw it anywhere, I said, like, the very first time I saw you, I think that's Victor Oladipo. <laughs> like, I, I said it out loud, and then I, and then I kind of put it out of my mind, like, uh, he wouldn't. No, not right now. Like he's rehabbing. Probably not. That's not him. And sure enough, there you were. <laughs> what was that experience like? I mean, were you like one of those that you always could sing and everybody was like, sing, sing, Victor? Or was it like <laughs> you just one day were like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show the world what I can do? Um, that's a great question. Um, well, first off, the show was amazing. Um, it was kind of crazy because I did it in in LA obviously the show was in LA and I was still rehabbing so I would rehab during the day and then in the afternoons I would go do the show and that's why I thought there was no way it could be you I was like no not not right now <laughs> yeah I found a way to do it and what's crazy is when you go to the show you were completely covered right so you they didn't show your face you couldn't show skin you couldn't show your socks so they had you completely covered it's like 80 degrees in LA and you are completely covered and you got to walk around the whole set like that. So no one knows who you are. So I had no idea who everyone else was. And I know they didn't have any idea who I was. They just knew I was tall. It was crazy because I've, I've always dreamed about being on a show like that. Like what would it be? But I never thought about being on it and then being in a costume while you're singing. So it was kind of hard at first. Cause when you first up there, you can't really breathe. And you're trying to sing in front of people and you're like, oh my goodness, am I doing well? It's a mask on. I don't want to trip because the, my, the feet on the thingamajig costume were so big. It was bigger than my feet. I, <laughs> I, I, had a I was still rehabbing for my knees, so I didn't want to trip and fall on stage. So it was a lot going yeah. on. But after the first two performances, man, it, I started becoming one with the thingamajig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I found myself doing that also. I found myself like looking at the thingamajig standing next to other people and what I knew of you and your body and your height. Like the more that I saw you, I was thinking, no, that, that actually may be him. I think it actually may be him. What though inspired, uh, the thingamajig? Um, they, they had a whole, a whole list of costumes and a whole list of, of characters to pick from. And I kind of went with this, the thingamajig because, I, th I thought it best suited me. You know what I mean? It was something different, something unique, uh, with something fly at the same time. So I thought <laughs> you know, it would be cool. Plus, I didn't want to be like a bird or or a spider. So I wanted to be something people could remember, you know, and I'm pretty sure people will always remember the thing with my jig. So it yeah, worked. <laughs> I mean, some of the questions that people get asked, I'm sure, were as basketball players, as performers, are like, what is it like to be up there and perform? Like, do you get a similar amount of adrenaline singing and performing as you do playing basketball? Or 
Like, are you more calm at one than the other? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more calm hooping. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been, I mean, I've, I, during my lifetime, I've played in so many different type of games, big games, small games, uh, meaningful games. So, um, you know, I don't feel like there's any moment that that's too big for me. When it comes to singing, I ain't, I'm never, I've never done anything remotely big when it comes to singing. So when I'm up there, I really definitely got to take my deep breaths and really, you know, pray before I go out there. Cause I really do want to do a good job, but it's different. It's, it's something that I'm not really used to. And, you know, I, I could always sing um, when I was a little kid, but I wasn't really out there until I got to high school. And and only reason why I was out there in high school, because in high school, my friends used to bet me like $10. I couldn't get a girl's number by singing to them. I would, <laughs> I would try to rack up on money. So after that, I was like, well, so be it. Let's just sing. <laughs> got the money and the ladies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say I never failed in that category. Never failed. Oh, Lord. We got to have some of your friends on. <laughs> <laughs> Just <say it. laughs> I mean, you make a good point that everybody knows you play basketball and we talk to you about basketball all year long. Is there anything in the works as far as your music career goes beyond the masked singer, beyond the slam dunk contest where you sing New York, New York? I mean, what else is there? Um, well, right now I already have two albums out, so I got to songs for you and then i got the vo um album that's out already and then i have my third album that's about to come out soon that i'm working on right now and really uh, got some new songs brewing and stuff like that just got to find the right uh fits and finish them and make sure they they feel good and sound good to me but you know during this quarantine time i got a lot of time i got a mic got a little studio so might as well create right Why not? So who are some of the singers, rappers that you look to or that you listen to or that you grew up listening to? Everybody. I mean, I'm an old soul. So like one of the first songs I ever did was I remade Donny Hathaway, a song for you. And um, I just like how music felt back then. You know what I mean? It's it's like when when back then when when guys sang, you really knew they were going through something. So I I mean, it's a whole list of people from Michael Jackson, obviously, to Etta James, to Marvin Gaye. And then you come and you just keep going to like Chris Brown, Usher, um, Drew Hill, Boys to Men. Like I can go back to the 90s, early 2000s, whatever the case may be. Just real R&B. I just feel like, you know. Right now, it's really tough for the, the music business as far as R&B goes because you know, I mean, a lot of people don't really listen to it anymore, I think, personally, from my personal opinion. But I'm trying to bring that back any way I can. So hopefully I do. <laughs> what can you tell us of the third album then? Anything that you can give us a clue to as to what's planned? The biggest clue I could get, give is that it's going to be a variety of music. Like it's going to be different type of genres that I kind of bring forth, and, and you just see my different styles um, in music and my versatility. So hopefully everybody likes it. I think people will. So it should be dope. Follow up question: Can Candace and I be in one of your music videos? Definitely, we can plan that in. I mean, that's plenty of stuff you all can be in for sure. We'll look very cool. We promise. <laughs> well, Victor, we we had uh, we had Dame 
on last week and we were, we were talking a little bit about, you know, he was saying that he was going to be collaborating with some people in the NBA. And we were just wondering if there could be a collaboration in the future between you mm. and, and Dame Dollar. Mm. I just, all I'm going to say is I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past either one of us for that time. Hey, Kristen, <laughs> did we just get something? I think we just got something. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm getting pretty good at puzzles during this quarantine time. And I'm, I'm putting the Dame puzzle yes. together. Yeah. Right. What he said and what, what Victor said. Okay. Can you perhaps write us, drop us a Ledlow and Parker theme song? I could try. I don't, I, don't, I mean, I could try. I, I, we'll I, pay it, you top dollar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Give me about 24 hours. I come over. All right. We're counting on it then. <laughs> We do have a game to play with you before okay. we let you go. All right. There are, I think, a lot of athletes that want to be entertainers, entertainers that want to be athletes. And of course, all the time you hear in their lyrics, rappers, singers drop NBA players' names. So we're going to read you some lyrics and we want you to tell us the blank that needs to be filled in. Okay, but time out. Time out, Kristen. I have to say this. We're not going to read it to you with the beat in the way that it's said. We want to see. We want it to be like dramatic. So it's going to be read, you know, kind of serious. It's going to be like a dramatic read. So straightforward. Yep. Number one. I just found my tempo like I'm DJ Mustard. Woo. I hit the blank. With my left hand up, like Wu. Oh, that's Drake. Um, <laughs> man. See, it's hard without the beat. Yeah, it, it is. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard when you don't deliver it that way. Yeah. Um, can you read it to me one more time? <laughs> All right, I'll read it in another way. All right. I just found my tempo like I'm DJ Mustard. Woo! I hit the blank with my left hand up like Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I hit the blank with my left hand up like a player that is left-handed that played in a certain I had the layup. This player played in San Antonio. Ginobili? Yeah, there you go. Yes, <laughs> there it is. I hit the Ginobili with my left hand up like, woo. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hard. It that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know, sometimes when you sing a song, you just make up your own lyrics. It's true. <laughs> Number two, when I come back like blank, wearing the four five, it ain't to play Go games on. with you. It's to, to aim, aim at you. you. See, Probably made you. Do. All right. <laughs> I'm blowing you to smithereens. Hey, let's go. Uh, he knew that one. All right. I feel like these next two are a little bit harder, though, Candace. Oh, okay. Let's try. Okay. This one's a little bit. And it's, I'm going to read it dramatic. Like, I'm not reading it with the beat. I'm gonna <laughs> All right. We were entertained by that, though. <laughs> so this is number three. Yeah, I'm talking bossy. I'm not talking Khalees. Your money too short. You can't be talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking blank. We ball in our family tree. LeBron. Dang it. I was trying to read it like <laughs> the LeBron and Jordan references. He's got those. Yeah, he's he's got those. All right. You're oh, we're taking it back with this one. And final, yes. I think that we're close in age, Victor. So you probably grew up on this, Victor, as I did. When I'm in the paint, I play with that 
blank style. I'm like blank because I can shoot two miles. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, I'll give you one. We we got to give him one clue. Oh, like like Mike. Like Mike. <laughs> so the song to go with. Come on, you know you watch like Mike. You have to admit Basketball that. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they do it up and down the court. It's all fresh off the microphone. I like no interruption in the game. That's all I know now. Um, my favorite play is... Uh, is the it's the athlete. second verse, though. He referenced Vince Carter coming and putting his arm in the rim. But this is the second verse. Can you repeat it one more time? When I'm in the paint, I play with that blank style. I'm like blank because I can shoot two miles. That was the second verse. <laughs> I know. Like what? I have, or who was I, Shaq or something? The pain. I have no idea. Should we give it to him? Yeah, we should give it to him. He got all the other ones. He's good. That's fair. Alonzo is your oh, first blank. Okay. And Miles, Miles. Darius, just give it to him. Darius, Darius. Darius Miles. Yeah, that was a harder one, though. We'll give you that. That was a hard, especially considering you were probably in, what, third grade when that song oh, was gosh, popular anyway? don't remind me. About, yeah, about third grade. Don't remind me. It just makes me feel old. Anyway. Second grade, maybe. Even worse. Yeah. That's not bad, though. Three for four, that is strong shooting from the field. Shoot, I'm telling you. Man, Take it seventy five percent. I'm telling you, yeah. Victor, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Also, we're going to circle back with you within twenty four hours. We want a Ledlow and Parker theme song, like that we can play week after week. We'll give you All royalties. Right. Uh, <laughs> verbal agreement. <laughs> I'm over to you, man. Thank you guys for having me. Man. Hope you guys are doing well, man. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank, thank you, so, you much. so much. Appreciate it. What's good? What's good? <laughs> What's good? Candace, we've been trying to finish every show, at least every show that we're coming from our home to the many homes of the people who are listening or watching with something that's been good, something that's made us smile, something that's made us laugh in these days. What was yours this week? I love looking at the internet because I do think it provides that when you see something good happen, you can't help but smile. And mine this week was actress, you know, Jennifer Garner, Amy Adams. They're trying to raise money for Save the Children and No Kids Hungry. And those are two charities that provide resources and food and make sure that that kids have what they need to live a healthy lifestyle. And they're doing that by encouraging some really cool people, Carrie Washington, Jimmy Fallon, got Candace Cameron, Zoe Saldana, to read their favorite children's book. And I thought that that was so cool because, you know, you, you have these famous people that you've watched reading some of your favorite books and you see what they like. Uh, Layla and myself, our favorite children's book has been Giraffes Can't Dance. And so just to see what everybody puts out there, they got clicks and just, you know, hoping that as many people as possible can donate to help these two charities. That is very, very cool. You know, when I was looking though, I thought, 
I'm going to tell you this story about Tyler Perry because it's here in Atlanta. He, I think just a day or two ago, left a $500 tip for every single out of work server at Houston's right here, just a couple of miles away from where I live, a grand total of $21,000. So I'm thinking that's the story I'm going to tell you. But when I went to Google Tyler Perry's name to get that news story, he had already done in the day or the hours after that more for the Atlanta area. He had paid all of the grocery bills for all shoppers during the senior hour Wednesday morning. You know how uh, so many grocery stores now have been opening a little bit earlier so that senior citizens uh, and those that are particularly vulnerable during these days can get the supplies, can get the food that they need. He paid the grocery bills for every single shopper during that senior hour at 44 different Kroger supermarkets in Atlanta and then 29 more in his hometown in New Orleans. So I couldn't even Google fast enough Tyler Perry in these days and just his generosity towards the town that not only he lives in now, but his hometown as well. It's it's. I'm at a loss for words. It's unbelievably inspiring. Definitely is. And it's so nice to see so many people doing good and, you know, helping in whatever way that they can the most. A huge thank you to our guests, the Hall of Famer, Reggie Miller, Victor Oladipo as well for taking the time to join us on Ledlow and Parker and Candace. This show was initially going to wrap up, what, sometime next Next week week or the week after? Right because the NBA playoffs were set to begin. So another small silver lining here is we've extended Ledlow and Parker through the end of April. It's really great news. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see you and to have something to look forward to. It's going to be great. Continue to listen, to like, to subscribe, and well, tell all of your friends about us as well. 